So we have our next guest, Courtney. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that. we have our next guest. <laughs> it's Jim Rickabaugh. Jim is the senior advisor and former director of the Institute for Personalized Learning, which is based in Wisconsin. Yes. Welcome, Jim. Hey, it's great to be here. Absolutely. Very excited to have you. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So. Um, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about the Institute for Personalized Learning? Sure. So, wow, uh, the short version, uh, the Institute's been around for about eight years, which is a long time in this business. Yes. Uh, when we first started, when people talk about personalized learning, it was sort of like shouting in a barrel. You get a lot of, of feedback, but not much, yeah. not much in it. Um, so I mean, what's fabulous about it is it's founded by educators, for educators, working with educators to figure out how to sort of unlock this um, conundrum mm. of having students be engaged in learning, building a capacity to learn on their own, to not always have to be dependent on someone to teach them. Um, our work is primarily with individuals, with schools, with school districts that are that are committed to or interested in trying to, to redesign the work they've been doing for a long time, to reposition the learner so that learning becomes the focus, not just teaching. So you also written a book? Uh, yes. Yes, you have. A couple of them, but yes. <laughs> it, is, it is very good. Can you, can you uh, uh, A, let us know what it is sure. and, and a little bit about what's in sure. it? So it's called um, Capping the Power of Personalized Learning, a Roadmap for School Leaders, which isn't to mean it's leaders, capital L, right. anybody who's, who wants to lead, it's there for them. But the book is written, uh, at least in terms of purpose, um, to be a provocateur, but also um, a handmaiden, if you will, for people who are interested in this work. It's really, it's written so that if you're a principal, you can utilize it with staff. But I would say it's best, highest and best use is as a book study for yes. to create conversation. Um, it's, you know, I suppose in some ways it's a how-to, but it's more than that, it's a how can we think about this? Mm -hmm. How can we make sense out of what we're trying to do without... Uh, being handed a recipe or a checklist um, that's, you know, hopefully a sort of an authentic engagement in the work, not a sort of pseudo-engagement. Right. Understanding that the work isn't always easy, but it is always important. Yeah. So what are some of the conversations that you find yourself having with people nowadays about personalized learning? Hmm. Well, I have a lot of conversations. Um, yes. Um, I think uh, the, sort of the most important one around this idea that unless we change the experience of the learner, mm -hmm. we're not going to change the outcome. We have a lot of adults who want to take full responsibility to do everything. So yes. essentially, they think of personalized learning as personalizing for the learner. Right. Which intuitively say, well, that makes sense, except that it's not realistic. Oh, it's if impossible. I have a class of, and yes, and, it, and even if it's possible, it's not sustainable. Right. So the, sort of from a conversation perspective, to think about personalizing with learners, mm -hmm. that they become more active participants, co-creators, if you will, co-investors. And then, occasionally, and then even more frequently, that it be personalized by the learner. That our job is to create the capacity in learners to understand their passions, to understand how they learn, and, and to begin to take sort of the, the level of ownership and a sense of agency that says, I can also personalize my learning for myself. But I don't have to have somebody personalizing it for me. And I appreciate the coaching and the conversation, but 
by golly, what I really want to do is find a way to make learning something I do for me that makes my life more impactful, that makes me a more powerful and interesting person. That Those kinds of conversations for me are fascinating and really important. So one of the things that I that I hear about Inacol all the time and from the people that are here are, mm-hmm. it's, it's you have to know the why before you get to the how. And so everything you were just yeah. saying was yeah. that, that high level view, almost yeah. that, that vision as yes. it were, yeah. for why we even want to go to personalized sure. learning. Yep. And once people get that, they can design their systems around yes. that vision. Yes. But so some of the things that, that we run into when, when we talk to, to other districts, uh, that are just starting this work, yeah. their first question is always, well, how do you do it? And we'll just copy you Late question, if it right. sounds right. right. And and we're like, no, 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 just don't, no. Stop. And don't start there. Don't, right. don't start you there. You can't start there because uh, you, you said it's yeah. impossible, so, unsustainable. That's where you go. Yeah. In fact, our sort of mantra around this is start with why, stay with why. Because often what happens is in this process is people get clear about why on the front end, and then they leave it believing that everybody understands it. But as every new person who comes into the work needs to re-explore the why. Yep. And the other reason for that is being really clear about why helps us understand what we need to do. And so you know, we say, so get, get that sort of clarity about why, get good consensus about what, and here's the magic. You can now be pretty flexible about how. Right. Because if people understand why they're doing and what it is we're trying to do, they can bring their most creative, energetic self to the work. They don't have to, they don't have to be slaves to procedure because they can actually look at what learners need, understand where we're trying to head, and now find a way to get there with the learner, not on behalf of the learner. And I, so I think that is, that's a critical element. Um, but there is this tendency for people to say, that looks great, those kids are engaged, how are you doing that? And, and, and it misses the point. But those are the people, unfortunately, who think that personalized learning is buying new furniture and rearranging, <laughs> right? Yes. Or, invest, or investing yes. deeply in technology. Yes. Right. Um, yes. Each of which, by the way, can assist the how, but, they, but by themselves have no power at all right. to change the experience in ways that matter. We are totally agreeing with everything <laughs> like this. Because it's just, I know that the, one of the things about the Anaheim Conference is it's all like-minded people. And so we're all preaching to the choir here, as it were, mm-hmm. which is fascinating, but you still have those people that, that don't quite have yes. that vision yet. I, but I think, I, just in terms of call itself, yep. I think it's just, what's fascinating is that if you literally look at the name of call, it's about online learning. Yes, yeah. Um, if you came to this conference looking for online learning, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I think it's a really important message, and that is all of us are learning, even organizations, Absolutely. that um, in contrast to not seeing those kind of sessions today, if you were here five years ago, you'd see lots of them. Yes, that's that, true. That as an organization, as a community, if you will, if you think about INACLA as a community, it's a community that has learned a lot about what matters when it comes to learning, and that it's not about the stuff, it's not even about the instruction, per se. It's about the learning, and all of those other things are very rich and need to be flexible resources in service of learning. Right. And so I just think it's a, I mean, it's very interesting, and I think an important message for all of us, 
that what we think is is what is, or what we think is important, sometimes turns out not to be the most important. Right. That the most important comes from that interaction, from the iteration. Um, and to some extent, that also allows us to just relax, take a breath once uh -huh. in a while, to say, I don't have to know everything. Right. I do need to be curious about it. Right. I need to be willing to engage in it. But I don't have to know everything. Such an important lesson. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's okay. Give ourselves permission. Like, yeah, also, we don't. Just take a breath. Right. It's like, in fact, sometimes sitting with the I don't know is where the most important learning happens. I, I, yeah, 100%. Agreed. All right. Yeah. So, give it to us. What is your biggest do-do when it comes to personalized learning? Only one? Okay, I'll, 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 yep. I'll go with, <laughs> Matt's like, I'll go with only one. Yeah. The do-do is this. Understand that our work is to build the capacity of the learner to learn and nurture the inclination to do so. Mm. That everything else is in service to that. And if all we do is teach them how to learn, but not, not feed the thirst to do so, right. we're at risk of having people with high capacity and no initiative, no ability to engage. But that, I would just say, if we do just that piece, we're doing well by our kids. Thank you, Jim. This has been fabulous. Yeah. Thank you. Very Thank you much. So much. It was my pleasure. Good.